You're listening to Diplomatic Dispatch, brought to you by Idea Farm Malaysia. Get updates on our upcoming episodes and programs via our website at www.ideafar.gov.my or follow us on our social media at Ideafar Malaysia. The Universal Periodic Review, UPR, is a state-driven peer review mechanism under the United Nations Human Rights Council. Consider it a report card of sorts on our human rights progress. The human rights records of all states is reviewed every four and a half years on equal footing by fellow states. Malaysia is scheduled to present its fourth UPR cycle. We are excited to hear Malaysia's progress in preparing the country report. Diplomatic Dispatch has invited Ms. Sharon Hoswipang, the Undersecretary of Human Rights and Humanitarian Division, HRHD. Minister of Foreign Affairs, Malaysia, to enlighten us on the matter. Welcome, Ms. Sharon, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Firstly, I would like to thank IDFR for this timely session to share my views on Malaysia's preparations for the upcoming fourth UPR on 25th January 2024. Ms. Sharon, to kick off the questions, I understand that you and your team are working on Malaysia's fourth UPR report. So my first question is that, what can we expect from this cycle of the UPR? This is indeed a good opportunity for Malaysia to engage in an open, transparent and inclusive process on human rights issues. As you have cited, UPR serves as a report card which helps us to keep track of the progress and efforts made on the promotion and protections of human rights. During the third UPR, Malaysia received a total of 268 recommendations, of which 148 recommendations were accepted outright, 35 recommendations were accepted in part, and 85 recommendations were accepted in principle. We have reviewed and reflected on some of these recommendations. While putting some of these recommendations into actions may not be an easy task, we do acknowledge the fact that these recommendations can facilitate our efforts to better address gaps in the implementations and challenges of our policy initiatives. Well, that is really enlightening to hear. Not only we accepted a lot of recommendations, but we are really making good progress on it, right? Yes. Through the UPR, we can draw best practices, lessons and experiences from other countries which were undergoing similar UPR or facing similar challenges on human rights issues. We have also observed more emerging issues such as climate change, health, business and development addressed in the context of human rights. We also expected more and continue recommendations targeting on specific human rights issues during the UPR. As for Malaysia, we strive our level best to make progress on these human rights records. We look forward to receiving more feasible and practical recommendations at the fourth UPR. We definitely welcome recommendations on capacity sharing, and this will facilitate Malaysians in addressing human rights issues more effectively. Now, on to my next question. Are we engaging with relevant stakeholders? Yes, as the Secretariat for the UPR, 
or in another words, in our capacity as the National Mechanism for Reporting and Follow-up, NMRF, MOFA or Wismaputra is fully responsible and tasked to monitor, report and follow up on the implementations of the UPR recommendations. Wismaputra will coordinate the necessary inputs from the various ministries and agencies. In 2019, uh, Wismaputra institutionalized a biannual multi-stakeholder consultations involving various ministries and agencies the National Human Rights Commission, SOHAKAM, and civil society organisations. To date, we have conducted seven consultations to track progress on the UPR recommendations, including the mid-term and long-term achievements. Wismaputra, in collaborations with SOHAKAM, also convened regional consultations with state agencies, especially Sabah and Sarawak, to increase the awareness of the UPR and to promote inclusive and engaging participations in the UPR process. I see. It is a whole-of-government and whole-of-society effort. Malaysia seems committed to ensuring constructive engagement, cooperation, inclusivity, transparency in preparation of the UPR report. Can you please share with our listeners on Malaysia's current progress or achievement in complying with UPR? Uh, yes. Through the multi-stakeholder consultation, which I mentioned just now, Malaysia has made good progress and positive achievement in several areas, namely abolishment of the mandatory death penalty in April 2023, lowering the voting age from 21 to 18, passing of the anti-hopping law, passing of the 2021 anti-sexual harassment bill in July 2022, passing of anti-stalking bill in October 2022. In terms of freedom of opinion and expression, Malaysia has been ranked 73rd in the World Press Freedom Index in 2023, compared to its ranking 113 in 2022. Malaysia has also appointed uh, the Children's Commissioner under Suhakam to further advance the rights of children. Malaysia has also ratified the L International Labour Organization's Protocol of 2014 to the Forced Labour Convention in March 2022. And Malaysia has also established the Office of the Ombudsman. The Ombudsman Bill will be tabled in Parliament in October 2023. Oh, that is something that we can really be proud of. Yes, Malaysia is also in the midst of developing a successor document to its first National Action Plan on Human Rights. And Malaysia is also currently developing the National Action Plan on Business and Human Rights. Well, um, from your explanation earlier, I can see that there's a lot of progress going on from the third um, UPR to the fourth UPR. Um, my next question is that um, this could be a matter of public interest. What would be the repercussions should Malaysia is unable to submit the UPR report? Well, essentially, the UPR is a voluntary and state-driven peer review process. Malaysia does take this UPR seriously and as a matter of priority. Malaysia has shown its continued commitments to engage with all stakeholders in an open, inclusive and transparent manner. Malaysia has been involved in the three cycles of the UPR since it was introduced in 2006. 
Therefore, neglecting or dismissing the submission of UPR report is, will be a severe departure of the pledges and commitments Malaysia has made so far. It is for this reason Malaysia will definitely not be in the interest to do so. Instead, Malaysia will continue to take advantage of the UPR, using it as a platform to increase the awareness and understanding of the international community of the policy initiative undertaken by Malaysia in the protection and promotion of human rights. If you look at UPR, it is a platform which promotes Malaysia's visibility at the international level. Malaysia can provide greater clarity of its positions and policies initiatives on human rights. Lessons and experiences drawn from the UPR process can turn some of our challenges into opportunities which then help to move forward Malaysia's national human rights agenda. Having said that, Malaysia's participation in the UPR is necessary and important. I agree, Ms. Sharin. It is important for us to set or establish a clear and complete understanding of Malaysia's human rights record among the public and the international community. This is very vital and relevant as it's helped to boost the confidence and support of the international community towards Malaysia's overall political, investment and business climate. Harmi Sharon, thank you for your explanation just now. So we can see that how important and necessary it is to have this um, continuous UPR report. And what Malaysia is currently doing is, I believe is on the right track to attain um, confidence from the international community. Nidhi, before we go, Ms. Sharin, um, my last question is that during the intermission between successive UPR, what other activities take place behind the scenes in MOFA? Are there um, active engagement or other passive measures in place? Well, in addition to the biannual multi-stakeholders and regional consultations with state agencies, Visma Putra, or Malaysia with the support of the uh, Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights, has undertaken several proactive measures between the successive UPR. One example is the development of a monetary matrix uh, to keep track of the follow-up actions on the UPR recommendations. And second is the development of the uh, National Recommendations Tracking Database which helped Malaysians to track progress on UPR, uh, treaty body and special procedure mandate holders' recommendations. That's a really great point to be highlighted, Ms. Sharon. Can you please give us more details on NRTD? This NRTD, National Recommendations Tracking Database, is a one-stop institutional memory for all progress made by Malaysians um, in UPR treaty body and special procedure mandate holders. In fact, Malaysia is one of the first countries to use the upgraded version of the National Recommendations Tracking Database. Thank you, Ms. Sharon. Um, is there any other effort that you want to share with the listeners? In 2019, uh, Malaysia has also translated nine core human rights treaties the Refugee Conventions and the Rome Statute into the national language, Bahasa Melayu. The said translation had 
been disseminated to federal and state agencies, parliamentarians, and also the civil society organizations. Therefore, if you look at this measure, they truly demonstrate the whole of society approach undertaken by the government of Malaysia to reach out and educate as many stakeholders and public as possible on human rights issues and obligations. All right, thank you so much, Ms. Sharon. I think your explanation and your experiences now have um, briefly shed lights on some of the um, question, not only asked by those practicing in government sectors, but also towards the public because they would like to understand how um, Malaysia is progressing with our human rights um, report. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank, thank, once again, thank you to IDFR. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in this episode. This concludes the episode of Diplomatic Dispatch. Tune in for more episodes of the IDFR podcast, Diplomatic Dispatch. Thank you for listening.